This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. Ladies and germs, thank you for tuning into the podcast again. This is Matt, and I'm here to... I don't really know what. I've... You know, we're, we're, what are we on? Episode 170-something. The times I've tried to do intros for this thing, and I, sometimes I just don't even know why I ever started. I thought maybe Toby and Joey weren't going to be good at it at first. I said, well, just let me handle the intros so I can make sure we get stuff right. But I don't I don't think I even have anything to say. So, I'm, I mean, this, our episodes are long enough, and now I'm wasting your time and mine really right now. So all I can think of is stuff like, oh, you better come to the Emory concert next week. We're playing in California. You go to emoryacoustic.com and get the tickets. But then I feel like I'm just pushing stuff on you. Or I'm just trying to get more mat time in on the podcast. And I, I really don't care a ton about those things. Uh, I don't even have any uh, jokes or anecdotes or anything to say right now. I'm really just filling time. And since this isn't live radio, there's no reason to do that. So I'm not going to do that. Oh, wait, there is something I have that I'm excited about. I put it two episodes of the Break It Down podcast out just this week alone. So go check them out. They're really good. You know, speaking of me and talking and filling time, you can go just find hours more of me talking by myself on the Break It Down podcast. Yeah, yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling better already. These intros are like super kick-ass. I, I, I don't know what to say. Thanks, everybody. Hey, Joey! Joey! I hear a voice. I hey, can't say- Joey, you ready to start the show, man? Hey, man! Three, two... One. Yo, we just aged about 20 years up in this mug. How y'all doing up here? It's the bad. It's the bad. It's the bad. It's the bad. Welcome to the show. Separated by the internet again. I'm sad to be back in Seattle. Oh, awesome. man. Love, sad to be with so his wife. Sad to be with his daughter. Life your sucks for Matt. Sucks. Is it raining there? I bet it's raining. Yeah, it's a drag, man. The Just Carters, cold. man. You oh, missed Charleston. God. Charleston affected you. I know it. Hey, I went to Orlando this weekend for a gymnastic Did meet. you see Mickey? Now, you guys, I learned something really profound about myself, and it, it started to make me sad for a second. I was like, no, there's nothing to be sad about. This is just who I am. But listen to this. All right. So one of my brothers. You went best... to Orlando for a gymnastic <laughs> event. <laughs> so one of, right? my brother, one of my brother's best you friend. You were doing the gymnastics? No, Rosa, my oldest oh. daughter. How would anybody listening know that? I thought I said that, but I didn't, obviously, because you didn't hear it. Thanks for... Thank you for clearing that up. All right. So one of my brother's best friend from college, his name is Zach. How'd Rosa do? She did great. She placed in most of her competitions. Wow. She's one of the best gymnasts in America. You'll hear about her soon. Uh, I mean, you know about her through me, but you'll hear about her gymnastic feats. I mean, that's re- regional. She went up against some other folks that are probably pretty good. No, nah, just how it's separated and everything. It's not that. It's not huge. So. Oh, so she's no good at gymnastics. <laughs> All right, can I get with? Can I tell you my huge revelation how do, about how does myself? How feel to have somebody interrupt you, like when you're talking about your family or something you're passionate about? Oh, how I does love that it. Feel? it. It just feels like a lot of energy and synergy. Go ahead. What are some of the things that you call like the flips that Rosa does? 
What is like a flip called that she does? Uh, somersaults. So basically, there is, is that a, like in the summer. Yes. I'm going to make Joey jokes <laughs> all during the time you talk. I'm going to do that. You got to laugh real loud or fake cry. All right. Listen. Listen. There's a guy. A one guy? Of my What's his name? <laughs> Why is it a guy? Should it be a girl? Was he a white guy? Are you a racist? <laughs> <laughs> my jokes aren't that bad. They're, they're exactly bad. Exactly that, that bad. bad. Nope, that's not true. So anyway, his best friend from college. Do you have enough money in Orlando? You need a lot of dough to go to Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go on. I give up. Go that, on. That's what we do. That, thank that's you. fine. That's fine. I'm not that persistent. No, what? This is what you should do right now. You get the tables have turned. You can like call us fat or stupid or. Idiot. I don't have the persistence that you guys have. So. All right, go ahead and tell your story. No, I don't mind. Y'all go ahead. Somersaults. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got it out of my system. All right, so anyway, uh, my brother's best friend from college. Jared. Yes, <laughs> Jared. He, uh, so he basically. I actually like being you. The last. Pretty, there's like freedom in it. Like it doesn't matter what you say. Yeah, it's not on you. You can say anything. Yeah. The last. <laughs> All right, so the last time I... Do you think that on this podcast <laughs> that you can say anything? Like, you... I mean, like, you have full freedom on this podcast. What I mean, do you mean? Besides profanity. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, you just say anything that comes to your mind. He's not preoccupied with how it will come across or if it will right, be right. effective or if it will be informative or funny. You're just it's free. Freedom. To, you're just free. No, that's, that's I would what say Toby I'm just not as... Right no, I'm, I would yeah, say... Like I'm worried or concerned. Like, oh, no, is this joke going to land? You're, like, out there. And no. Living it up! No, I would say maybe I'm a little less cautious, but I'm also not as good as you guys. That's one of them. And then that's be, not true. It's one of those better. statements that make us look bad. Yeah. No, I'm yeah, not that's saying what, exactly. That. You you guys are dickheads right now because y'all are turning everything that's what I'm on saying. me. I don't and mean that's it how that this way. Will come across. It will be. I don't mean it that way at all. It just um, hurts. But when I you I'll, say stuff like that. So I think you guys are a little bit better, but at the same <laughs> time, um, I also think that. Now, see, I lost my train of thought. We, I do have to hear the gymnastics story now because otherwise I, we will completely be seen as assholes if we can't get to the story now. So we must get to it. No, so I think you guys are, are better at this, but I'll also say that a lot of times um, the only thing that I do filter would be things about the church. So that is what yes, I'm a little bit cautious with. Anyway, I wouldn't say very stiff. stiff. I wouldn't say very stiff. I'm Moderately stiff. Okay, let's go to the gymnastics. All right, what did you learn right, about so, yourself? All right, so basically, uh, I'm texting back and forth with my brother's best friend from Probably college. <laughs> and so here we are. We're arriving at their house at about 11 p.m. He said, just, just go ahead and key in and... Uh, he said, we'll, we'll probably be sleeping. We had a crazy day. So I'm, I'm going in there. All the doors are shut. So they are sleeping. They have like uh, three kids and everything. I'm looking at pictures on the wall and I'm just like, oh man, this is so cool. I haven't seen him in a long time. And then it just hit me. I was just like, I haven't seen him in 17 years and I haven't had a conversation with him eh, in 17 years. Good I've Lord. liked some things on his Facebook page. He's commenting things on my Facebook page. And then all of a sudden it hit me and it's just like, I have a problem with assessing the progression of time in my relationships. And it started to hit me. And this, this guy did nothing to make me feel purposely uncomfortable or anything, but it, it began to hit me how crazy it was for this guy to get a text message from me saying, Hey man, it's Joey. It's Jared's brother. Can we crash at your place? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. 
it like I don't see the progression of time. Like for me, 1999 at my brother's wedding was like, like it was just like yesterday. Well, no one listening on earth thinks any different. <laughs> you're the no, only one surprised. You're the at first this. one. That's no, 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 no. So listen, like as far as me reflecting <laughs> on those memories and stuff, I get that joke. But I seriously, there are certain people in my life that if I were to interact with them, how I see them and yep. how I think about them, they'd be like, whoa, this is crazy. We, you know how long. And so I, he gets up in the morning. I seriously, he goes out with a hand. I go out with the hook. Anyway, the whole, the whole time we were there, it was great. And he really is a people person. So he, yeah. but I, it still did hit me. And I even had to say, I was like, dude, I, I have to say, man, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I don't know if I said, I'm sorry, but I said, I do realize now it, it's been 17 years since we even said anything. I said, I hope it wasn't an inconvenience or anything like that. But I did talk to Priscilla about it and everything. She says, yeah, you, well, I have a hard time assessing the passing of time with my relationships and how that affects people. So I don't think it's something that conversation. I <laughs> What? Well, it's just, it, I think it speaks mainly to your general sense of freedom. I mean, you feel like you can say whatever, so, whenever with not, you're not worried about how anybody's people like take your jokes or how it's going to land or this, that, whatever. And then you're texting that guy sincerely like, Hey, it's my bro. I'm going to text him. I mean, it's yeah. not, I mean, it's like an unfiltered, no, and that guy, no anxiety that, life. That there. probably made that guy feel at ease too. Like it didn't make him, you weren't like, uh, like the, uh, here's what I'm saying. It's actually a really good skill yeah, because exactly when skill. you showed up, you were completely comfortable. It, you, there That's was right. no passage of time. It really, really was like you just saw another. But day. that makes him Me. feel a little uncomfortable. No, that makes That's him feel super comfortable. No. I, over uh, eventually. No, I but think overall, it, right it's a good thing. No, but it I leads think, you into some lack of judgment. From I agree, time but time I think when I initially be. reached out to him, there was like a whoa, this Jared's brother. We. Yeah. We hung out when I was like 22 and he was 20. Yeah, maybe then, but that would be anything. But I'm saying when you arrived, he felt totally at ease where I would have been like, I got to keep the conversation going. I need to ask him this, this, and this. Oh, man, uh, maybe I can remember an old story that about us. So I can break the ice. I need an icebreaker, all this stuff. And you just are just Joey. Yeah. He, yep. he probably immediately picked up on that. Yeah, now, well, I did conclude that I, I, I'm too late in the game to try to change. And I don't think that I really need to. So I do think the benefits outweigh the disadvantages of making people feel uncomfortable. But I do think I need to be... Dude, I, I don't know if Matt even knows this story or not. Do you have any I, like old funny stories about that guy? Uh, yes. Oh, yeah, I'm sure he does. <laughs> I was kidding. I was kidding. Yeah. No, I actually said something in front of his wife. He's just like, gee, thanks for saying that in front of my kid because it was really... one. So, but listen to this, Matt. There was a guy... There was a, mm -hmm. a fireman and he was doing a fire inspection at the West Campus of Seacoast. So this would have been probably about 2007 and I went up to him and I'll just I'll just say his name's John Davis. I was like, "John." And he looked at me, kind of spooked out like he had just seen a ghost. Yeah. And he's just like, "Hey." And I was like, "John Davis." He's just like, "Hey, man." I was like, "Is Joey from PE class freshman year?" And he, he seriously he was not ashamed of being freaked out. He looked at me and said, Hey man, I don't know you. He said, and this is kind of freaking me out a little bit. And so I actually right. had to just kind of back off of the conversation and I couldn't make it better. Like right. I knew That's this a, guy. I mean, you do that freely. From one class. Freely, I had one class. You didn't of, think about that, but you just freely said, Hey, I know that guy. And you exactly. just did that. I knew Most exactly who that was. And that. he didn't know who this guy was that knew him. So, right. yeah. It, it's definitely a lack of, of sensitivity on my part. Like I, I, I don't feel 
the passage Again, of time. you felt like that gym class was yesterday. You've told 20 stories about that particular class in the last two weeks, and yeah. that feels very fresh <laughs> to yeah, you. I understand that guy that. hasn't thought about gym class ever right. again. And you've, right. you've told just, stories from that class Just this got week. done telling a story about gym class at the coffee right. shop meeting you were at a few minutes ago. Uh, so how did you do? As I don't know if all of our listeners know, so I'm going to remind them. Matt challenged Joey to go mm-hmm. on a, a lower-carb, higher-fat diet. You were traveling, and how did it go? All right, well, first of all, before I traveled, I wanted to say that I uh, learned. I've been like making steaks every now and then over, yeah. over the course of five years like oh, in a frying awesome. pan, but I never Googled it. And, dude, I can make some killer steaks. Like You Good. have to actually put the salt and pepper on it before you put it on the pan and then sear it. I didn't know wow. that. Wow. The steaks are unbelievable. Really? Unbel- oh, man. I can make unbelievable steaks on the fry pan. So, to answer your original question, I make great. Jess do it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to answer your original question, great. Um, I think the only thing that I have a hard time with is instead of eating uh, breakfast with like eggs and sausage and all that stuff, I just won't eat breakfast at all. That's what I was doing on the road for the most part. But when I was at home, I would make eggs and, uh, you know, mix it with cheese and all that right. stuff. But, yeah, I mean, I've pretty much stayed true. I mean, I, I guess you're going to ride my ass about two Tic Tacs. But for me, that was a very Sitting functional. Sitting church all staff today and I hear, <laughs> I look over, there's a well over half eaten box of Tic Tacs going into <laughs> my friend's mouth. And it's definitely not sugar free. Each one has... Well, Sugar. Y- y- they're only sugar, but they're very small. It's I'm very shocked functional. to hear that it's half of a box, but one Tic Tac would probably represent. You don't know when I open that You know what? I bet one, tac- t- one Tic Tac has a uh, less than sign with less than one carb. But I think they each have one calorie. I think they each have like yeah, one or two calories in this all sugar. Not calories, carbs. I think carbs it's a, are... about one gram of carbs. So anyway, a lot of the stuff that y'all said. And then how what... was your brain? Well, Have you noticed any... Brain changes. Right. A lot of the stuff that y'all said was true. A lot of how Matt articulated it did, you know, like when I'm at a restaurant, I feel like antsy, like, oh, I'd really like a smoothie or a cookie or <laughs> like I, I really would like I really would like pasta or something like that. But then once I leave the restaurant and I get in the car, I'm like glad that I didn't eat any of that stuff and yeah. I don't feel heavy and I don't feel That's tired. Right. So it's right, like once right. I leave, I'm okay. But sitting there in the moment is yep. more difficult. That is it's hard, just like I, sure, yeah. I want other stuff that people yeah, are eating. That, you have to counterbalance that by assuring and being really good at knowing really wonderful foods that are whole foods and meats and steaks right. and eggs and creams and things that really do make you yeah. happy that just aren't. You know, you have to you can't. It's not all white knuckle. I mean, it feels good once you can look yeah. forward to a fatty yeah. steak. Right. But I, I texted you guys the other day. I, I definitely I started a headache either thursday or friday as as we're recording this is a tuesday and thursday or friday of last week i started a headache and it was pretty consistent up until yesterday morning wow so i definitely had sugar withdrawals for sure golly that is crazy now i will say you're over the worst part of it right and i will say this I will say this, and I I actually don't attribute this. Now, maybe it can be attributed to like a shock in my system, but uh, surprisingly enough, I have been pretty much steady with not struggling with depression for, I'd say, at least a solid month, maybe two. And I've had two pretty bad days, including right now. Right. (laughs) And then two (laughs) days ago. So 
Toby, Toby asked Matt when, uh, before we had you on, he said, so you, you probably think that's no sugar. And I was like, no, of course not. I think, uh, if anything, the opposite's true. Sugar does cause depression and fatigue and all that stuff. So I don't know if it's just coincidental or what. Just, can, so can you I say, got a crazy body and brain, so no, it's no, going to no, take no. a can while I say, to regulate. Like it, I, I mean, a trigger happened. It's I don't know about two days ago. You were traveling. I was traveling I, with oh, my yeah. family. I'm having I a great time. No. That does not matter. You have to understand that. Something about traveling, being away from home, or maybe you're with your family and in that like some traveling w- is always you're with your friends. You're almost, with your yeah. best friends and when, when when you went with us to Australia, right? I'm just saying there is a real trigger that happens when you travel. It happens while you almost travel and time, then when yeah. you return. When you get back into the swing of things, you go into a, a kind of a a place and that is a real trigger for you. I really believe that. Like the times that it's we, statistically significant because you can yeah. point to a time when it didn't happen, which maybe has been one out of the last seven times you traveled. Yeah, I mean, I I, I can't. I would argue say most times you've you traveled with us, you really did have real it's, depression. It's got to be, yeah. you know, eight or nine out of ten. Yeah, but I would say most of the times that I've traveled with you guys, I was in a season anyway, struggling with depression a good bit. But I'm just but, saying it's not a it's not like this weird crazy thing that just happened to you. Like there is some documented data on it that when you travel. You're more likely to yeah. You're susceptible to seems, whatever seems to it might be. be. Sure. Okay. How about weight loss? You losing weight? I don't know. I need. I guess I need to get scales in the house. Don't look. No, like you it, don't. Don't. Don't worry about I it. I don't look you like feel it. good. You're kidding. doing good. I, I'm I encouraged that you have done have done it. So I don't know if maybe you've done some no no foods that you weren't aware of or something. But it sounds like you're sticking you with any it. Fruit so I give anything? you credit so far. Uh, I, well, I texted you that. I, I thought I could actually like in one day have two uh, tiny chunks of pineapple, but Matt exclamation marks. No, <laughs> I texted him. I said, Hey, I just had two small chunks. Of it. He's like, well, I don't no. know what a chunk is, but all you got to I mean, do is read the nutrition little... facts and you'll know how many grams it is. That's the important part. But let me tell you this. We were riding down the road with Devin the other day when we were doing the last acoustic shows yep. and he had some dried pineapple, a big, a, a pretty good bag of it. That he got at the gas station and you know, has, I think has sugar on the outside as well, but it's dried pineapple and you're talking about health. I was like, well, Devin, this is, I mean, don't eat that bag of pineapple. That's like a lot of sugar. He goes, yeah, but you know, fruit. I said, let me see that bag. I looked at the bag, simply counted the grams of sugar in that bag of dried pineapple. I said, Devin, this one bag of pineapple has the exact same amount of sugar as 10 Cokes. (laughs) (laughs) And that's true. So I understand people go, you can't say fruit's bad. Okay. I'm okay. You can have, one fingernail size of pineapple and it fine fair enough but you don't need to eat a bag of or half a bag of or a quarter of a bag of dried pineapple that has the same amount of it's not high fructose corn syrup but it is fructose that's the exact sugar that's in pineapple it's not high fructose corn syrup but very very similar so don't be fooled because pineapple sounds good it can can be a problem yeah. So what I need to I need to figure out a way of getting some healthy. You, you guys said green vegetables and stuff because I did have a kale salad that didn't have any of the bad stuff. And Priscilla makes broccoli in a way that I like and all that stuff. But I mean, y'all said tomatoes not not great. A little, Carrots, a little slice of tomatoes, great. okay. But. Uh, tomatoes, all right. Some people say it's inflammatory too, like with red peppers and stuff. But you, just, I mean, where you're at right now, I would say the big thing is, yeah, just do you like lettuce, shredded lettuce, like yeah. that, that stuff. Like, yeah, like today, we ate Mexican. Oh, today was great. Mexican's the easiest way for me oh, to yeah, eat. Oh, yeah. We were at All Staff today, Matt, and Toby led worship. Just knocked it out of the park. Oh, I was man. so I was so it happy. Wasn't me. They, it was the Lord. <laughs> I'm so glad they gave him a step up at bat because he knocked the 
fuck out of that ball. Oh, come <laughs> on. Depresso. Y'all going to have to bleep that. <laughs> come on. Y'all going to have to bleep that. I didn't. That's mean, what, I didn't. That sounds yeah, like a pastor. Keep it in there. Hey, y'all got to bleep that. <laughs> Holy Spirit moving up in. Y'all got to bleep that. I didn't mean to say that. I don't know why I Depression said that. has you. You can't, yeah, you can't control it. Let people hear what you're going through. Joey, this is the happiest I've ever I seen. know it. I know it. This is this is struggling. You can you cuss and just it's it's compensatory for sure. I actually was really happy though today at All Staff, our All Staff Joey. Yeah, he sat right down and he made his. It was basically like a, a taco salad, just like I had made, and I was like, "Oh, that is awesome." I mean, he did really good. So good, good. I'm I glad thought, to hear it. I, I appreciate you. I thought you would resist, but I'm glad. I I like that you recognize a little bit of the not. When we say like sugar addict, it's not it's not like oh you eat candy all the time. Like no, I am a yeah. I was a sugar yeah. addict. I, yeah, I, yeah. I I didn't argue against that. No, no. Yeah. I'm just saying before, you're realizing like now like the actual good fit. Like the same thing when you said pasta, that was the biggest shock to me. I used to feel like I love pasta, but after I'd eat, I feel so full and uh, miserable. Or if we go to a Mexican restaurant, I eat all the chips, I just feel so just gross. Yeah, and you could eat, you could eat the great. fat off of four steaks for a meal, and people would think that would make you feel bad, but it does. I'm not suggesting you eat that, by the way, and none of us are nutritionists, by the way. Right. But uh, you wouldn't, Don't theoretically, if you didn't c- c- have it with also carbs and sugars, you wouldn't feel gross. There's a lot of great articles and podcasts and stuff to listen to, and you should definitely check check stuff out. Before yeah, I mean, here's the thing is, I, I was actually... I mean, I'm always thinking I got to cut. People down are always my sugar asking. Sorry, just look up ketogenic diet, ketogenic nutri- uh, nutritional ketosis. Yep. you know, are the the terms to look up if you're interested. Not um, my idea. Yeah, so I, I've always been thinking, man, I've got to lower my sugars, and I've all, you know, it's like, oh, it's right around the corner. But then when you guys were just like. Yeah, do it now for three hundred bucks. I was like, now's the time to start. So awesome. Yeah. I, I want my money. Sucks that we lied about that. <laughs> yeah, that was. Yeah, I feel kind that of bad about your, that. That now. was when you were drunk on sugar. You remember it wrong. <laughs> yeah, man, we said Bill, Billy. Uh, delete the um the f word. Bleep, me. but don't leave do it. Not, but bleep it. <laughs> yeah, bleep it, and That's also fine. also leave in him asking you to do that and yes. how <laughs> yes. bad he feels. I want I want people to hear that Joey was being Joey and it was really funny and awesome. And <laughs> in yeah, that pit, was good. He that climbed good. out of the pit long enough to go. Yeah, bleep it. <laughs> Y'all gotta bleep that, dude. I I I don't I don't know how to articulate this, and I don't even know if I want to. But Use I'm gonna try. Word. I'm gonna try. Will you use that word Some, again? To, all right, all so y'all know the the chicken or the egg argument, and that's how I feel sometimes mm-hmm. about my depression. I don't know if my depression caused me to react a certain way to stuff at our all staff, or whether or not the stuff at all staff caused me to be depressed. Or did did I say the two different ones, or did I say yeah, the same yes, one? Yeah. Two different ones. Okay. So anyway, like. We had, uh, first of all, I I do want to say this in all seriousness. It was awesome seeing Toby uh, lead all staff. And uh, I did have a lot of people coming up saying, man, I've heard Toby sing for Emory, but I've never heard him sing songs like that. (laughs) Unbelievable. (laughs) Unbelievable. Like people are just like left and right, man, I've never heard Toby. So that was, that was pretty cute. But anyway, a lot of you know that I'm at a really deconstructive season of my life as far as figuring out what I believe and a lot of things that I've really held tightly to. Right. I feel like I'm not pushing them away. They're being stripped away. And so that's very, very uncomfortable for me. Like someone that's very black and white, very OCD, things that uh, I've, I've grown up legalistically and all that stuff, that stuff is hard for me to 
let go of. So then you take someone that's in a deconstructive frame of, of mind that I, and I feel like it's out of my control and you put me in a situation to where people are just full speed ahead, church culture. And Hey, we don't, we're not asked. I mean, I, I, I'm not saying behind the scenes questions aren't being asked, but for the most part, that machine is moving. They're, they're talking the talk, uh-huh. they're walking the walk. They're doing great things yeah, it's working. and and it's working. And it's just like, we're not upset about it. I mean, no, this is church is how it's done and this is how we're doing it and everything's fine. So that's a little bit uncomfortable, but I just feel like uh, today we had a time where uh, we slowed down and it was, it was kind of teaching all of, all of staff to slow down, really worship, really let yourself loose sort of thing. Not in a spooky, crazy, weird way, but I just felt like there is a, a disconnect because of all the questions that are floating in my head. And I think that it just made me feel, and again, I don't know if this caused depression or if the depression uh, caused how I was taking all this in, but it just left me feeling because of the, the jadedness that I already feel about a lot of the stuff going on in church. Uh, some of the things behind the scene that I know about certain people and judgmental heart on my part and everything, it's hard for me to go into that position of, okay, now guys, we're going to eat intentionally worship. It's hard for me just to go Mm -hmm. into that very naturally. And so I actually leave feeling condemned. I actually leave feeling, okay, I'm not thinking how everybody is thinking. I actually feel bad. Well, let's just stop right there though. I I, I think the, the problem is, I think one of the things that really gets you into depression is guilt. Oh, like of I, course. I think I think you really like it, in that moment. I think what you're saying is and let's clarify to everybody. I don't know if they totally understand. We just had a moment of, like a extended moment of worship and spontaneous worship at our church staff today that I really and, and, tried to open my right, heart right. To. And that's what I'm saying. So you did. But yeah, you but all that was because you thought you had to or you should or it would be wrong if you didn't. So yeah, that's, you, and, that's and I think really, you feel guilty yeah. on some level that you didn't really worship or that your thoughts might have kind of interfered with that or what does that actually mean about you maybe you're a bad guy because other people were clearly worshiping and really enjoying the moment and the holy spirit was moving and all those things and i think you process that as joey's bad why why didn't joe and i do that i do that as well in my mind i I start questioning what am i doing here what am i praying about you know am am i am i avoiding something am i not Mm -hmm. like am i embarrassed to sing out spontaneously uh because joey's sitting beside me or something like that. And so uh, I think, but I don't, I can let it in there and go, well, I don't know if it's, I know me. I don't but know. I think you really take it to heart. Let it make you think I'm a bad guy. I don't know if it's Joey's bad or if Joey's screwed. Like, I feel like there's Either so way, many questions just, floating around. Guilt. The main thing is it's just guilt. It's like, guilt though. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, you, you're not I'll, screwed. I mean, like, you know, better than that theologically. That's what I'm saying, screwed. though. Is so, I'm mixed, so it's not I, I would say it's, I'm mixed it's just up guilt theologically. You've been put on yourself by the way you brought up, the way you think. You didn't do anything Everything. bad. You tried to worship in this moment, and I think you probably did. But obviously, I think you might be comparing yourself to some of the other people who are worshiping in a way that might not be natural to you, and it's natural to them. Just or not you here. just didn't. I mean, that's not. I mean, there's, there's no. There's no guilt or condemnation or it, shame. I, just, thought was, I, I guess I thought it was really neat. One of the things. So they did a spontaneous worship where they just played music, and then just people could you know, sing out prayers or say, read scripture or whatever. It was just this moment to be present and worship. What was really interesting is I totally felt the uncomfortableness and awkwardness. And a lot of people did. And a lot of people walked out. Did you notice that? There yeah. were several people that were like, oh, I I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to sing or do it. because it couldn't handle it in that moment. Like really being vulnerable in public 
to your God is really tough. Right. That is not just something that you can just do. It's not. It's not a and quick. If, it's not a yeah. quick journey there. It's a. It's a, And if it's, you it, don't, should you feel guilt and shame and beat yourself up about it? Of course right. not. Well, that's, that's I'm not a, suggesting you're doing that wrong, and don't start analyzing that. But that's all introspective self uh, doubt and guilt and stuff that yeah. you know. It's all negativity. Well, that I, I'm not saying that I I don't struggle with guilt, but I think in this situation, like I I really am struggling. Like I talked to Priscilla a good bit about it. I'm I'm struggling to find my footing with how I am to operate within the church, yeah. within my sure. frame of reference with theology, with how I interact with the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm with a bunch of people that feel totally secure with how they believe, how they carry it out, how they interact with the mm-hmm. church, it feels like, oh, this is this is hard for me. It's and like you put, it feels like maybe you're wrong or you shouldn't be in that situation. No, it, it makes me feel like well, this sucks. Like I no, wish but, I was but, just where I was at see, five years ago. Then you follow down the rabbit trail. The difference is what I mean, what I think and what I'm trying to figure and out. And I'm is, putting in a position to lead. Why are you feeling that way, though? That's what you should do. I, I mean, and we're going super long here, by the way. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> but we'll wrap this what, what I was going to say is, I mean, the rabbit trail should be. There's a reason you feel that way, and you which, should explore which way, which way, the, the way you are feeling of different, right, or unique, or whatever that that isn't really that crazy. A lot of people there today felt the same way. A lot, maybe even most. You're not that unique in feeling weird about a vulnerable moment to cry out to God. That's that's really hard. Yeah, and and the the people that are doing it and can do it so naturally, they're in a way different space than you. And or some of I them are pretending. Don't don't. Yeah, and know, some people are like, wait, this is my job. I'm gonna, I'm right. gonna so shout out. I would I got, like you know. to say that that can be the, the value of other expressions and what I think the church misses. But I mean, I'm gonna say good that what you're saying right now helps me identify. So I'm going, oh yeah, I felt that way too. I'm glad yeah. to hear that Joey says that. I'm glad it's on this podcast. I'm glad that other people will hear that because the only other message they got unintentionally is, oh, everybody else feels this way and raises their hand, and I bet they're really feeling it. What's fucked up about me? That's right. what a lot of people feel. So I appreciate you saying that. Well, And, and I please think, do everything you can to eradicate you know, the guilt part of that. Yeah, I mean, that's, I, that's sad. You know, I feel bad for you about that, and sincerely. Well, he, here's what's funny, too, is I, I feel like in that situation, and, and maybe this is where some guilt would come in, is how man, I respect so many people in that room. I did not think, oh, well, this is ridiculous. Like there wasn't a jadedness with what was going on. I did have some jadedness with some people that I kind of felt they, oh, I hate even saying this. I kind of feel like there are some people just like, well, I need to speak up and say something like uh, that's just, yeah, uh, but that's that's human nature. That's human nature. And it's a defense mechanism. Honestly, I think a lot of them are probably feeling the same way you are. And they just go, okay, I need to do this or I need to say something or whatever. I don't, I don't, I don't, see, that's the thing. Your wordage there is jaded. You're not jaded. Mm-hmm. You're just thinking, you're comparing yourself to them and going, maybe I'm not living up to their standard or what they're doing or whatever. I just think, I mean, all of our worship can be unique. All right. of our prayers can be unique. And I think in this, just even in this context, we can talk, we, obviously this this spans out way greater into the actual church system and all that stuff. But I think that you put a weight on your shoulders that doesn't need to be there of, why am I feeling this way? It's either negative or, or either I'm right or they're wrong. Right, uh-huh. you know, or, or I'm wrong. Either I'm right or I'm wrong, and it's nowhere in between. And I think the truth is, it's just kind of in between. Well, there's don't, some really good stuff about it, and there's some really good stuff about you that needs to mix. Well, don't you think it was presented? To, and again, I'm not faulting anyone, and and maybe this should be a, a different episode. Um, but I'm not faulting anyone. But don't you think it was presented in a way that hey, this is this is just how it needs to be done? Because I left there feeling, you know what, how this was done 
I certainly need to stretch myself to be a learner and not to just be this cookie cutter. I, I do things this way. I need yeah. to open my heart to different ways. But I came out of there saying, oh, I don't, I, is it okay if this is never going to be the thing that I do routinely? Because totally me, it's okay. Because me in a small group, for example, this is what, where I feel connected is when people are opening up and then we say simple prayers for one another and we pass around communion and we read scripture. To me, that's when I feel the closest to God right. is something that simplistic. Right, but that but that those same people that want to hear a, a guitar playing and just sing out to God, they might feel super awkward in your situation. Right. Like the small But they, but you wouldn't want them beating themselves up about it. Right. You, would, you, I mean, would, you would never if anybody today was singing out a prayer, you would never want them to go, Oh, don't feel bad that you don't want to be in the small group and do communion. You know what I mean? Like th- that's okay. It's, yeah. it's all right. I, I think that I actually thought that was communicated. So you're all, but Joey's r- struggling with and wrestling with the idea that, but it feels like in that system or at the, at the church or in this thing that this is being put forth as mandatory or the way it ought to be. Well, is I what think he's saying. They just struggling with that bit. notion, and they're not necessarily saying our that. church hasn't really ever done that. I mean, as, I mean, uh, obviously we're a spiritural church, but well, you know tr- what I mean. Always right. with worship and those things, though. Yeah, yeah, thing, yeah. Everything about a Sunday package kind of get, make, gives people like me admit. I don't feel bad about right. it. Trust me, but it gives me the same exact feeling. Like I'm not into this very often. Yeah. What does that mean about me? Does it put me in depression? No. But so your question about chicken or egg, I would say certainly both, certainly chicken and egg on this. And I've said it before, and I want that. Who does the the research? George Barna, the, the Barna yeah. group. Okay. Yeah. Maybe they've done this. I will be correct if, if they have already done it. Or if not, please, Barna, go do this research. Pastors are depressed. What percentage of them are? What percentage of them are before they go into pastoral ministry? I suggest people that feel guilt and worry about stuff and care and have these types of thoughts uh, like Joey will be attracted to the pastoral ministry. And I also guarantee you that if if your whole life and people's souls and all this stuff rides on your career, that is also a trigger for depression. And be putting in positions like the church where people are often um, putting on their best selves and, you know, for lack of a better term, fake and making sure they are doing the worship, all that. Those those are stressful things, especially to somewhat emotional people in the first place. So both you will find in research that both depressed prone people wind up in ministry and that people that are in ministry wind up suffering more depression as a result. Do yeah. the research. You'll find that to be true. Yeah, I thought just going back today though, I think you feel guilt and make it kind of right. making it about you in a sense of I'm, am I bad? What's wrong with me? And I start having those thoughts too, but yours ends up triggering you, your depression. Yeah. Right. It leads you there and then you can't get out. Like that's yeah, we what, all that's have the same thoughts. We like, all yeah, have the yeah. same thoughts. I was sitting there. I, I literally thought the same thing. Am I being a dick? Am I, should I sing louder? Should I say something? I, I and then you went, pulled, oh, well. <laughs> I pulled up a scripture. Maybe I should read. I had a billion thoughts in my head. And then I was like, wait a minute. What the hell am I doing? I'm, at least use this time just to talk to God. And I think that's probably what you did too. And so uh, actually it was, it was beneficial in a sense of, Hey, I can just talk to the Lord. Maybe I will sing. Maybe I won't. I don't know. There is are no rules. And I think that's goes back to some of that for you. Like you actually need rules in life. Like you love calendaring, you do all this stuff, but those also lead you down some guilt roads as well. Because mm-hmm. the, once there are rules, then the creative or uh, longing for more gets you in trouble because you go, well, oh, I got to follow the rules, but I want to do more. So am I wrong? And there's a war inside of you. So anyway. I, think, I think maybe some of the guilt can be attributed to 
the the fact that I have a higher level of leadership at the church, and so I yes. feel like if there are things of that are rough, like for example, I don't that's know what I think about healing. Let course, me be that's going to happen I over and over again. <laughs> I don't know what I think about healing. Like when when people say, "Hey, let's pray for people to get healed." I don't even know where my mind is at with that. That's I don't okay, know. Though. I don't know how concerned it, God but it is doesn't, about yeah, our physical okay. That guy, either. it doesn't that's, feel okay girl. for somebody whose vocation is the leader. That's what I'm saying. This built is stress and pressure built into the system and the role, the paid right. role there. It just I, is. I think too, you have to figure out context of the situation too. If somebody you do believe in healing, yeah, for sure, one hundred percent, you believe in praying for healing. In fact, you did that today for a lady. Right. I was in a prayer group with you where you prayed for a lady whose mom's in real bad shape. And so you believe in it in a sense of God can. The only struggle you have is, is he going to do it right now? Like I just watched some video. It was like with Brian Head Welch and this other guy, and they're in a airline terminal. I don't know who posted it. So I think somebody maybe on the back of the and uh, on the Facebook or whatever. And it was just like, this guy has a bad back. He has bad discs. We're going to heal him right now. And the guy was prophetic and knew about this, this, and this. And I go, ah, that makes me feel a little cringy. Like if it becomes about the healing, but at the same time, there are people that need healing, and I'm okay if God wants to use somebody in a way and get them healed. That's where you are, too. It, it is about context. Joey, I, I really feel like you're saying guilt, and you're thinking about it in this way of it's like this really specific thing. But I think guilt is an overarching theme, a mega theme in your life. And I think maybe it's manifest somewhat like uh, the word responsibility that you yeah. feel like you have. So the responsibility is weight. Guilt is weight. There may be analogous, and maybe you could identify being the leader and the pressure and the guilt and the legalism, all of that playing into yeah. stress. Yeah, and I don't way. want to agree with you, but I have to, obviously. And my the the guy that I did counseling with probably three times definitely said, dude, you have a problem with guilt and mm-hmm. yeah. do's and don'ts and shoulds and should right. nots. He said, you, you got to figure out right. how to get out of that. And he's a Christian. He said, you know, basically from a grace mm-hmm. standpoint, dude, this is bullshit. So. I mean, you don't want William right. to feel that way. Yeah. So that's all I think I would tell you. I would say for sure what you need to do is give it to God. You need to go just go to God and show him your wiener. <laughs> Dude, there's a part of me that I was just like, is Toby going to be serious right now? <laughs> I Dude, am serious. Hey, hey, I think just you need go to say, to Lord, is this adult size? <laughs> this is, it. is my guilt adult size? Is my wiener? Here's my wiener, Lord. Take it. <laughs> all right, let's take a break. Hey, everybody, listen. Hey, right now. Everybody listen to me. Listen to the song. There we go. Now we're talking. We're listening to some ghost ship right now. Now this song is called Adoption and it's from their album Costly. Now Ghost Ship is a Seattle band, which is awesome. And they're a worship band that leads worship at the Cross and Crown Church near the University of Washington. Let's listen to the song a little bit more. We are the cold and starving. Scared and trembling, we are the desperately lost. We are the lone and hopeless, we are the outcast orphans, we are the ones no one wants. But our Father is coming for us. You adopted us. All right, pretty good stuff, that adoption by Ghost Ship. Now, these guys are friends of mine, people I know, people I've played music and done stuff with before. And this new album of theirs charted at number nine on the Billboard Heat Seekers chart when it debuted this past fall. 
HM Magazine put it well. They said that this music is reminiscent of warm summer nights, sitting on a porch with good friends and family, laughing and sharing stories. So uh, I dig it too. That's exactly the vibe that this album gives me. I hope you'll check it out too. Uh, give it a listen. You can do it on Spotify, so just go stream it on Spotify, or better yet, pick it up at iTunes, or even better yet, at BECrecordings.merchline.com. I really don't like singer, songwriter, and uh, what do they call it? Like uh, indie, folk, singer, songwriter. Acoustic guitar thing, I kind of grew up rejecting that in favor yeah, of sure. punk rock and noisy stuff. Yeah, so yeah. I have, I automatically do not like that kind of music. It, I feel like it's been such a, a silly thing for so long, and somehow you've done it right. I, it's, it's really kind of baffling to me because you've done it right somehow. I love your guys' program, and you know Emery, and, and I'm, a, I'm a fan and stuff. And so I was like, when I when they when I heard that I was going to talk be talking to you guys, I was like, man, I could really see them not being a fan of this music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so indie folk singer songwriter can be just such a cliche. I think that part of it is that the, the in my mind the roots of what that was trying to be at the beginning was like not wearing a hat and making a music video in like an old dusty house. It was right. It was it was more like. What kind of like what Bob Dylan was doing, which is saying something really simply, um, in a way that in a way that it could ring true for everyone. At its best, quieter music can be it can be stripped away, and there's kind of that face to face interaction with um, between the audience and and the performer that just feels really honest. That was Evangeline from our new friend Tyson Motzenbacher. He has a new record coming out March 4th called Letters to Lost Loves, and you can pre-order it now on iTunes and also at toothandnail.merchline.com. Well, I'm kind of excited about our guest today because he's our good friend, Scott Sinclair, but I, I guess, I think I was introduced to you as Dumpy. Yeah, uh, he was Dumpy at Winthrop University. Who I've, gave him that How'd you get that nickname? Um... In high school, uh, we had you could put like your name in the football program. And uh, one summer, we had to fill the paperwork out. I didn't know what they did with it. They handed it to us and was like, "Put your nickname." So my junior year, I wrote the only nickname I had. My dad called me Bubba, so I wrote that and didn't think anything about it. But then I had a friend. He uh, he was a really funny guy, and he said, "Look at you, like a dump truck out there." He's like, "Oh, dumpy," and he just said that. So when I filled it out my senior year. <laughs> I wrote it, and then all of a sudden, people started calling me that. And I'm thinking, why are you calling me that? Something I did in, you know, like June, July, whatever. But then in the fall, it caught on pretty quickly. So, <laughs> Like wildfire. Yeah, yeah and, I, and people still, you know, some people will say, oh, why do they call you that? That's not nice. But, I mean, only people I really like and know well call me that. So, Well, I mean, that's a funny one fine. because you could take, you know, Dumpy could just be like you're, you know, uh, just completely a bad-sounding you know, loose, silly, uh, you know, not not a stout, tough truck. It's not yeah. what that what dumpy sounds like. A dump truck is is something to be proud of being called. I think, but dumpy, yeah, dumpy sounds does like not someone sound that like takes a, nice a lot of dumps. <laughs> no. But you're down with it. Yeah. Hey, so I I have known uh, dumpy two. I met 
Dumpy two years before I met Toby. So two he's years, our, yeah, two full years. So I've known Dumpy a long time. I want to tell y'all because y'all know I can tell me some college stories. I want to tell y'all one 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 story that fits right into a lot of the stuff that we talk about here. So uh, we're hanging out in my little dorm room, and uh, I'm I'm talking all gangster, you know. Y'all call it my youth group voice, but I I start saying uh, "fool." I was like, "Yo, what's up, fool?" and all this stuff. Scott, uh, 10, 15 minutes, uh, after that, he says, Hey man, can I go talk? Can I talk to you? And I was like, and it was serious time. I was like, Oh, oh okay. So he, <laughs> he walks me out into the parking lot and he's just like, Hey man, you keep saying fool. And I was like, I, I, I'm sorry. I was like, is that offensive? Cause I mean, this is really new into our friendship. He's yeah. just like, I mean, you know what the Bible says about people that say fool, <laughs> and he was being serious. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> but at the time, you were serious, man, right? You were just like, you better be careful with that. Yeah, and then the thing is, you give somebody just like a little bit of knowledge and say, here, go, and they do horrible things with it. <laughs> um, I grew up, man, I didn't, I didn't, we didn't grow up doing a church. And so some, I heard that once, so oh, you shouldn't say that word. Yeah. And, you know. I clung to it because that's all I knew about it. So, and you knew that I was the Christian, and you were probably just like, "I'm surprised Joey doesn't know this." I just thought you were dumbass, you know. <laughs> I, hey, I was I was told the exact same thing. If you say "fool," it mean it's really bad, and you like if you call somebody a fool or something, it can send you to hell. Yeah, that's what the Bible says. Yeah, right. Well, right. it's I taking mean, it out of about context. That just yeah. for a second, the way that works out is real simple. Like, I mean, we like to do stuff like that, so. You know how a bossy little kid will hear something and they get to say it to another kid. Ooh, you don't do that because this and that. Right. Like it's just like you finally feel as a little kid some kind. The the, the less mature you are, the more likely you are to do that. Like a little kid say, "Ooh, you're not supposed to say this right. or do this," and because they get something out of it, a little bit of like, "Oh, actually, I know something now. Actually, I have a little power now." And so, the more immature you are, the later in life, and then you can use the Bible in the same way. It feels good to tell somebody else you knew something and corrected them, even even if you say you have their best intentions in mind, which you may. There's still a good positive feeling that you get out of the fact that you knew it, that you did correct them, and now that you're both better off for it. Yeah, even if it is ignorant. That makes sense. So, Scott, like. A lot of a lot of our listeners, I mean, they've gotten to know Matt, Toby, and I, you know, from our conversations and stuff. But I, I'm curious, from a friendship standpoint, like what what did you? Because I I know where I was at, and I'm actually writing a freaking book on it. I know where I was at mentally, spiritually, legalistically, and all that stuff back in college when you met me. But what what came out? Like in our conversations, just in our hangout times, like, did I seem like a depressed dude that was tied to legalism and guilt ridden or anything like that? Or was I just like the goofball Joey that you like to hang out with? Um, it's not a real easy answer to that. I don't think, I think I saw different parts of it and some, some at the time I thought it was just goofball or just, you know, off the wall. But now I see some things and thinking, wow. Maybe that was part of the depression, um, but there were a lot of a lot of goofball <laughs> kinds of things. Um, I know one, the music, you know, the music was a different thing. I grew up listening to, you know, just different types of rock, radio rock, because that's all I was exposed to. Um, and then you came up with some different stuff. Uh, and I thought, well, that's weird. But I really thought is, oh, OK, that's because of the Christian thing only, yeah. not because of the quality of the music or you know preference, but just because of I just assumed it was because of 
you know, your, uh, your Christianity. Um, yeah. But then later, um, some of the things that you did, you know, as we, we talk about, uh, and I've learned about, you know, your depression. I know once you, you said that you were probably going to leave school and go work on a fishing boat. And I remember <laughs> uh, I took that kind of hard. I was like, man, this stinks. He's a really good friend. And <laughs> this guy's just going to leave. Um, uh, and another story, uh, I remember something crazy you did once. Uh, I think you had had a, maybe a disagreement with your girlfriend. I don't know. But I was one of the only people that had a car. Yeah. And so I was like the chauffeur. You know, if I was going somewhere, a lot of times I would just say, hey, you guys want to go? Um, and so, uh, we were all going to a big box store, uh, big, big place. And, uh, we're all in the car and we're about a mile from campus. And at the red light, yeah, at the red light, Joey just opens the door and gets out of the car. Hey, where are you going? Uh, and it's a, you know, busy road. And he's like, I I don't want to go. I said, well, do you want me to take you back or what? He's like, I don't want to go. And that was it. Total depression, man. Total depression, irrationality. Yep. It was weird. So, yep. Hey, so Matt, you may not know this, but the girl that I was dating in high school, and you you know who she is. I'm not going to say your name on the podcast, though. Or where she went to college. We're not going to drop all that. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, I I break up with her, and uh, it was just a really, really bad breakup. Not that her and I were super mad at each other, but it it just wasn't a good breakup. And uh, but I was over her for a really long time, so I was ready mm-hmm. to move on. And I even had a crush on another girl that I had are that I asked out. So it was basically I, uh, everything was final with me and this girl. And then I was just like, man, I'm going to ask this other girl out. So I go to Scott's uh, apartment, and I'm just stressed because I'm full of guilt, and I'm like, dude, I know <laughs> I just broke up with my girlfriend. Who my girlfriend, by the way, was super good friends with Scott. And I said. But I also asked this girl out. He looks at me like, I, I'm just crazy. He's just like, you what? I said, yeah, I asked another girl out. And so I'm still waiting to hear back and everything. And I was just like, I don't know what to do. She's going to eventually find out. I mean, what if she says yes? And I'm, you know, hanging out with this girl. As I'm talking, guess who walks in the door? My ex-girlfriend. She walks in the apartment. And so I take, I take Scott off to the side. And I was like, Scott, I was like, uh, no, no, no. I remember I act, I was acting really, really weird. And so she finally was just like, okay, well, I'm gone. I'm out of here. And so I look at Scott super serious. I look in his eyes. I was like, you got to go tell her. Yes. <laughs> it's like, what? I was like, yeah, you got to go tell her right now. And so <laughs> I pretty much say you have to go tell my ex-girlfriend that I asked another girl out. So that that's a good quality type of friend that I am. And so then 1997 rolls around. And hey, hey, time out, time out. Yeah. Let's go back to that story real quick. Yeah. Uh, so when I I feel like I'm helping out, you know, you asked me to do something. I'm this is friend. Joey's favorite podcast ever. Uh, and I, <laughs> mine, and I, and mine listen, too. Listen, His we're stories. not going to go too far back. But um, when I go to tell her out in front of a building, people walking by, she stands there and cries. <laughs> and so then I'm like, OK, I guess I did my job. I'll see you later. And so Joey created all that mess and he pulled somebody else into it. So thanks a lot, Joey. Yeah. Totally. Sorry about that. So, <laughs> so when the thing that was weird is you kept having sex with her too. <laughs> oh, and uh, yeah, and Joey also thought I liked this girl at one time. Um, yeah, yeah, that was depression and irrational he t- thinking. He said the same thing to me. It was the depression and the irrational thinking. Scott right. got up on my bunk bed and was like flirting with her and everything. Scott's my best friend, but I was seriously was just like he's. He's coming on to my girlfriend. Total irrational. Total irrational. 
So, uh, Scott, uh-huh. you... Now, oh. yeah. <laughs> now I have some stories to bring up on you. <laughs> so, Scott, you, you show up... And- Joey said the exact same thing about me, that I was, uh, that I was trying to date this girl. This is after y'all had broken up. Right. Though. And even though... Here's the thing. What was... That was a unique situation because I didn't know Joey or her. I became really good friends with Joey, and then this girl was really cool. And I was like, well, Joey dated her. She must be cool. So we did become friends right and then uh and then it just got tough because you and i were so close but i mean she did try to set me up with other girls but her and i were never going out or anything like that yeah but yeah you think that was depression though or are you just being an a asshole? lot of that stuff a lot of that was insecurity but sometimes it could and... be that you're an asshole sure no. sure no i'm gonna blame everything all of my faults you get on to my always depression. say depression <laughs> i'm gonna and, kill but me i always have to say asshole i'm gonna kill some of a bitch and say yo i was depressed dog i was depressed <laughs> Scott, so you've been listening to our our podcast pretty much since since day one, and uh, you're you're listening to it from a totally different perspective. Is it is it easier and more fun, or would you say it's more difficult not to be able to chime in to guys that you consider close friends of yours? Uh, yeah, I'd go with the second one a lot of times. Um, it's it's fun. I mean, you know, you get to listen and. It's just it's a lot of times it's kind of like I'm in the conversation almost, but I don't I don't speak up and say anything. Um, yeah. It's not difficult. Um, sometimes I definitely disagree um, with with certain things, um, but you disagree with Matt. Uh, all of you, I'm not going to pick just Matt. <laughs> <laughs> well, you I don't know if you want to get into this a whole lot or not, but you texted Toby and I recently, and yeah, re- let's let's get into it. I want yeah. I, I was going to tell. Can we uh, so. Dumpy Texas and said, "Hey, I want to talk." And uh, then him and I, we had, we talked for a long time. It was good. We caught up on other stuff too. But he basically said that uh, he had been listening to our podcast and that it it had brought up in him some ideas about church and what him and he was doing and he, with his family and them going to church and did it actually mean anything else? And basically alluded to the fact that our podcast is like hurting his marriage and his church life. <laughs> 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 and like even even Kate, who we know and love, uh, like if he says something, like she goes, "Oh, you listen to the podcast," or like like she, you know, like she probably thinks that we are a bad, definitely thinks that we are bad influence on him with just church because Kate, very similar to like uh, my wife back in the day, just grew up. You just go to church. That's what you do. Right. I mean, you just always go to church, and like like just same way. That's the way I was. Uh, what. Yeah, church is just something you do on Sunday. You go, yeah, and then, you know whatever. The, you you go to work. You try to have fun. Maybe you're a weekend warrior. You go to church on Sunday, and and that that kind of is where it ends. But I think Dumpy too, and I want you to explain all this, Dumpy. I don't want to just talk for you, but I think maybe you just are having that question of is there more or what does this actually mean? What am I doing? Which I think is a valid question. But yeah, what are your frustrations if you could? you know, sum it up in one word. Is your marriage making it? <laughs> um, she thinks I'm on a work call right now. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> what I said, I mean, I, I think in a lot of ways, maybe I, I have some perfectionistic tendencies I want, and I'm a rule follower. You know, I want to do things uh, the way it's supposed to be done. Um, I don't know. You go to church for so long and you're sitting there and you're thinking, you know, I've heard this before uh, by you know, a couple of other preachers, because over the years, you know, what happens, uh, at least it's happened with us, is you go to a church, then after a while, you're like, all right, I need to change. Something's just not right. And you go somewhere else. But then you sit and you hear, you know, some of the same things over and over. 
Um, and you kind of ask yourself, is this, is this what I'm supposed to do? You know, am I supposed to get something that different out of this? Um, yeah. Am I supposed to be doing something differently? Um, and, I, and then I just sit and at times I get mad. I start second guessing uh, what people are doing, you know, and as we talked about recently, I look at the, you know, just some of the worship music and I look at the, you know, the people standing on stage and uh, with their eyes closed the entire time. And I'm thinking, you just got on that stage and you closed your eyes the whole time. And I watch people in the crowd and, you know, at certain points of the music, they raise their hand and then they put their hand down. And I'm thinking, why don't I raise my hand? Am I doing this wrong? Am I not feeling what I'm supposed to feel? Um, And I think the frustrating part is, you know, I'm not brand new to church. You know, I didn't grow up going to church, but I've been going for a while now. And, um, you know, and talking with my wife, I don't, you know, I don't have a problem with God. It's not, I don't question God. It's just kind of a, and I don't blame just the church. You know, I, I put blame on myself, but I'm just asking a lot of questions. Like, is this what it's supposed to be? You know, like, do you, do you sometimes think, am I wasting my time on Sunday mornings? Like, could I be, or, or the church is supposed to be a fruitful part of my life, but I don't really see that right now in how I'm doing it. Yeah. I think sometimes I, you know, and not that I'm that important that I don't, I don't waste, want to waste my time, but it's that I do feel like sometimes, wow, what was, the, what was that about? I mean, you know, you go your whole week, you work hard. Uh, sometimes maybe you're in isolation and then you go and you sit in a church for, you know, a couple hours and then uh, you go about your business and you do it all the next week. And I think sometimes, you know, the answer is, oh, you need to get connected to some groups, you know, whatever you call them, support, life, community groups, whatever you call them. Um, and there's some definite positives to that, but um, I just feel like for the most part, it's almost like as I sit and I, I look, I feel like this is almost like entertainment. And, you know, the, the, the pastor who's great, I'm not knocking the pastor, but, you know, you hear some jokes, then you get the message. And then the pastor, Stephen Furtick, by the way, go ahead. Um, go ahead. Um, he, uh, no, I just feel like at times it's like, all right, there's an entertainment value to this. And um, I've seen this channel before, you know, and I, I've flipped the channel, gone to another church, same show. Um, and there are messages that times I feel like that are, I guess, you know, and it shouldn't be all about me, but in the end I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, I've heard this before, you know, last week was about baptism, excuse me, last couple of weeks ago was about tithing. And I'm thinking, all right, I've heard that. Um, I know about that now I tithe, you know, and if you tithe then okay, what should I do for the next hour and a half? I got, I got this, you know? And so then you go, the next week was about baptism. I'm thinking, yep, did that. Um, all right, well, let me, let me. Let me ask Matt something here. Matt, if if Scott were to say all of a sudden, like, let's say this next Sunday, and uh, he says, you know what, I just, I can't do this anymore. Would it be okay for him just to stop Sunday morning church altogether? And if so, what's next? What should he do from that point on? And you're asking me this because... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. I mean, seriously, Toby, if, if Scott decided, no, I don't think any of us would say, oh, that's really messed up. You have to. But wouldn't we all <laughs> say, I mean, you, you got to be connected to God's people somehow. Now, look, I, mean, I put it this way. You <sighs> can't, you owe it to everybody to at least, uh, at least deal with that honestly. Yeah. I mean, you owe it to, you owe it to your wife to tell her that you owe it to the pe- the pastor of your church that to tell him that or to to not be fake about it you you owe that that's that's what i'm certain of and and it doesn't make you a bad person for saying what you're saying and feeling what you're feeling that's ridiculous it's not it's just it's just ridiculous to make anybody feel guilt or shame about 
the only thing we can do is realize we got a bunch of problems. And so what we got to do is encourage people to process them safely so that we can figure some shit out. So thank you. Well, here's the problem and that I'm finding more and more is there isn't yet. It's, I think it's happening. There isn't a real outlet for that. Like if you want not Sunday morning, really, where do you go? Like no. if you really do, even if you say, well, you got to have community. You probably still have to go to that Sunday morning church. Well, they to would get say, the yeah, there's still an institutionalized version. Well, we have the huddle slash uh, cuddle slash uh, support slash life slash community slash yeah. whatever goofy preposition you want or qualifier you want E-groups. to put in front of the groups. And, yes. you know. and, and, and I've said this before, too, and it, it this is the thing that is tough about churches. We live in a society now that is just getting faster and faster and more creative, and you're getting um, amazing inventions and innovations and all this awesome stuff that is happening before our eyes. And the church is still doing pretty much the same thing. You, you go to a building and hear about God from somebody because they're qualified and you're not. Yeah. And it's, that is changing in every aspect of technology and education in the world. Like, like right now, a dumbass like me can Google something and fix my car. I can fix my dryer or what, like I was having a conversation with friends the other day and it was hilarious about how many things we were able to do ourselves because of YouTube. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it logically, it makes a lot of sense to go, wait a minute. Yeah. Uh, If it's going to be sermons that are so generalized to, to get the bigger net, well then you're going to start losing people who are innovative or want more who actually could push for innovation and could push the edges like somebody like Scott that goes, Hey, well, what if we just did something like this? Or, or I want to be involved. Like the thing that's interesting is, and this is what I hate, what Scott's saying that we all feel like we have to, he, like he has to figure out what, what's wrong with him. Yeah. Cause that's he's right. That's not fair that you have it, to say it carefully. It's bothering right. me. Yeah. And that's why I like to say things rougher than other people, because I'm ju- I mean, I do it that on purpose. I know I sound contrarian when I say stuff, but I do that on purpose because I can't, stand hearing other people no offense to the other three people on the call that do this but try to really tiptoe and be careful i think really you lose something there and i want people to other people to feel like it's okay to say what you feel like or think we i just i need that i think we all need that yeah so i mean i I don't need 10 disclaimers about why i know church is good and the pastor does this but you know maybe sometimes i might feel a little bit this way i i I'd love to hear you just say it like it is. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, you, it's just better. It would be better for everybody. And then if if I had to go say it to my pastor, I guess who's I'm going to start getting soft immediately. I think it's a little bit of a problem. It, well, it's just really hard. You're right. When you when you confront somebody, here's the thing. We all believe that pastors, like the pastor at Dumpy's Church, is a good guy that feels called by the Lord and is planning sermons and events and all the stuff for the Lord to. The castanet and vision so that people will come to know the Lord. That's the way it's always been done. And the problem that is, though, is it immediately goes, if you diverge from that, then it's dangerous. And what are you doing? And what does that look like? And and trying to convince people to come. And that's probably where, like, uh, you and Kate maybe have even butted heads a little bit with, like, what are you, what are you going to do? Like, if you actually feel, what am I doing? If you're having these real, like, philosophical questions about the church and the system and all that stuff, where do you turn? Where do you take your family? And mm-hmm. the system works so well. Like you and I were having this conversation and I totally, it was interesting. Like you, you made a point too. Um, like you, you kind of found yourselves both like 
doing other things during the sermon, like either make, you know, like you were th- planning your, your week or Kate was making a list or whatever. And you're like, holy shit. I mean, why, why, I, what am I doing? Like this sermon is not interesting to me and I'm, I'm out. I'm, I'm, I'm gone. Matt says the same thing. I do the same thing where if you were watching that, for example, at home, you would turn it off. You would change the song if it didn't, you know, or whatever it might be. You have that uh, ability. You do not have that ownership in church. And sometimes you, it's good. It's a good thing. You need to, there are sermons you need to hear that you didn't know or whatever. But I believe the problem is it ends up being so similar that there is no variety. There is no innovation. It's just, it, it just by it, the church itself being what it is, it has to be the same. Yeah. It has to be, you get here and the songs are here, the sermon's here. This is the moment where maybe you make a decision and then, you know, you get out of there. And it's just tough because if you question it, it really does come to, you. are you questioning? Are you, it, it feels more like you're condemning. And, and there's no in-between room right now, and that's what's really frustrating. But uh, I was going to say, too, the other thing that you said, Dumpy, that kind of stuck out to me, too, the church is, is run so well that, like, it is fun for my kids. I mean, my kids, when they go to church, they really love it because it's like, the church has done a great job of taking care of them and having great people there and, and fun stuff for them to do. And so that in and of itself is really good for Jess and I, like yeah. we get our kids taken care of. We get to sit with other adults and hear a guy that actually is a good speaker and really funny. And I mean, a great speaker. And, and just, you know, so when you get caught up in that, you're like, well, you know, I'll take, I'll just end up taking the, the good with the bad. And, yeah. and that, and so it stays there. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know yet how you get out of that. I really don't. Because the system is does work, it lures you in like the same way when I talked with Aaron Lunsford, like he he went to the cool church, but it really didn't have the the system down as well. So right. they went back to the big mega church with the great childcare, where their kids are like, we love it here. Right? It does mean. I mean, something don't you want to your you. kids to love where they? I at? do, but at the same time, all I'm doing is tr- ch- uh, basically teaching them to be just like where I'm at. Right? Because what it only fills you for so long. Yeah, so the novelty will wear off. Yeah, and uh, so then at a certain point, you have to decide, am I just going to keep swallowing this, and that's just what it is, or will I take a leap and try something else? But then it really does become, in, it, it gets in your hands, and you actually have to become the church, which yeah. is really scary. Yeah. It's really scary. So, Dumpy, before we let you go here, I, I do want to touch on your your career and guidance counseling, which you have moved out of completely by now, right? Um. I don't know. I've kind of gone an administrative route, but I think, you know, when you're used to doing something that informs what you do, you know, forever. Right. So how, like, you know, you and I being super close friends, Toby as well. And so we, we hear a lot of this stuff, but how, how do you reconcile? Cause you, you have a very, very, very sensitive heart, especially towards kids. Have you ever struggled with reconciling a good, powerful God with the, the sorts of things that you hear kids having to go through, such as parents abusing them, parents dying, siblings getting killed. Obviously, you've admitted that you have a hard time thinking through the stuff and and getting over the stuff that the kids go through. So how, how does that interact with your faith? I don't think I, I naturally take bad situations and you know, question God as to why this happened. That's just never been you know my immediate reaction. But sometimes, yeah, um, I have. It's it's difficult, but in the end, you know, bad things happen. You know, we're not guaranteed that everything's always going to be rosy. I, I get that. And again, I don't necessarily blame God, but I think kind of the moral of the story is I question it just like everybody else. You know, yeah. and I don't leave at the end of the day 
angry at God. Um, it's just, it's life. And, you know, and I get that. And the thing that is really hard about the guidance uh, counselor kind of thing is, um, I don't know, I think, you know, oftentimes men are labeled as fixers. And um, I would say, I'm a fixer. I want to fix things. And when you're dealing with people, that is not an easy thing, you know, and you can help people, but um, can't necessarily fix them. And that's, that's tough, um, especially when you have a heart for the people that you're working with, whether it be adults or kids. Um, and a lot of times I see kids as kind of helpless, you know, especially when they're young. And so, yeah, it, it's definitely, it's, it's been difficult, you know, I mean, the things that I've dealt with, and I would say, you know, anybody who works with people, whether it be a pastor, um, social worker, teacher, you know, what have you, if you're in the business long enough of helping people, you deal with a lot of, a lot of tough stories and, I don't know. There's no, there's no easy answer when you're dealing with people. You just got to learn how to not care like Toby. Toby has mastered the art of not caring. I think the key when you deal with children is don't care. <laughs> and that really helps them. I think that's kind of a, uh, that's a, what they uh, need. <laughs> that's an undervalued way of mentoring children. Don't care about them. And then they feel loved. <laughs> so Toby, you were I uh, Scott, Toby was having lunch with a bunch of people, uh, volunteers and staff at our church. How did you get on the conversation? I, I sit my food down and Toby's like, yeah, I was just telling them about when all the Kappa Sigs came to our door and wanted us to be in the fraternity. How did you get on that story? Oh, they were just talking about, uh, I think, you know, our friend Sarah works at our church. Uh, somebody asked her, was she in a sorority? Oh, gotcha. And then I said that, yeah, that we, uh, Kappa Sigma, we, Joey and I thought about doing Kappa Sigma, but. Was that because you want to be like Devin? Is that what that was? <laughs> no, we want to be like you. Yeah, so De- Devin, Dev- we both got what? What is that? Is that called a bid? We both y'all came to our doors and said that we could. Yeah, we went join. to like dinner and everything. So Devin Shelton and yeah, your your fat ass got the free meal. Keep going. Yeah, <laughs> Devin, <laughs> Devin and Dumpy uh, were in Kappa Sigma together. Devin drops out of Kappa Sigma soon to follow. I don't know the order, but Andy Christinger, who was another good friend of ours, drops out, and then Derek Payne. Scott, was there ever anybody that started to think, man, everybody that's close to Joey and Toby are dropping out of Kappa Sig? <laughs> was that ever something? No, I think guys kind of got it. You know, they knew that, uh, like for Devin, you know, he was going to pursue the music. And that's, you know, I think a lot of times in college, you know, you really get close to who you live with. Scott, you joined the fraternity for the girls. Devin was going to get the girls no matter what. So why, why is he going to pay to be in a fraternity to help him get the girls when he can get them for free? You'd have to ask Devin that. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> fraternities are not about money dudes dude (laughs) golly i don't know and that's a different conversation but i mean i got a lot of good things out of it um it was a pretty pretty diverse group of people do you still do anything with it are you ever walking down the street and like you just know and y'all do the secret handshake that nobody knows um i can't tell you about that but uh there are i mean really though i made a lot of just cool friends out of that group i know i'm not crashing on kappa sig man yeah how many times you've been on their podcasts Son of a bitch! What's the what's their podcast like, you bastard? Yeah, I just fly on their private jet. That's it. I probably believe that. Kappa Sig went through podcasts. My people are educators. They're all broke like me. I know the feeling. Oh man, thanks for hanging out with us a little yeah, bit. Yeah, man, we're dude. sorry your marriage is falling apart. Job is you know faith is gone. Yeah, <laughs> faith is gone. <laughs> And I mean, we we are directly to blame. So tell Kate, sorry. Definitely, I'll I'll let her know that you picked the wrong first friend at Winthrop, my friend. <laughs> if you'd have just, you should not have picked Joey as a friend. It, it, that that opening moment, if you could go back, you sh- you could change it. Your life would be so much better. Hindsight's twenty twenty, man. 
Scott, when you showed up for uh, your junior year and I was inseparable with this guy named Toby, where you like as, as my good friend, did you have to kind of scope Toby out and see if he was like a bad influence on me? Your so, memory's so oh. much better at stuff like that than me. Uh, no, but I did size the guy up. I'll yeah. tell you that much. <laughs> I remember liking Dumpy, but we never really hung out that much. And then it's kind of weird. We actually became closer after college, I think. Y'all worked together at like, y'all had to get up at five o'clock yeah. in the morning for a whole summer, right? Star yeah. Linear or something. Yeah, like I that. guess you're right. That probably ended up doing a little bit. Yeah, we worked at a metal factory. <laughs> that, <laughs> That's that, when you bond. That is metal. Like I was, I lived metal. Like, seriously, I know I'm in a rock band <laughs> and stuff, but Dumpy and I, I mean, I seriously, we worked in a metal factory. Did you guys handle handle each other's penises ever? Come on. All what right, was Dumpy, we got to go. Joey's getting weird now. I know. It got weird. All right, man. See you. All right. Just lead us in prayer. <laughs> You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. Shh.